then I sat down in the darkness and I closed my eyes and not even 30 seconds my soul my soul said no and I stood up and I hollered I hollered at the devil I said no weapon formed against me shall prosper I mean I screamed it out loud I know the whole neighborhood had to hear that This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson. Today I have Terrence Turner on the phone, and he's calling us in from the Middle East. How exciting is that? Terrence is the author of Who Hears Me When I Cry. He has a logistics company that deals with international shipping, and he works with the U.S. government as a contractor. He has many years in the U.S. Air Force also. And Terrence, I see that you are very well-traveled. So welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. Well, at the start of your book, Who Hears Me When I Cry, you look back on your life and you grew up in Philadelphia in a pretty lively household, didn't you? Tell us about that. Yes, it was <laughs> It was five boys and six girls. Wow. So, and, and there was a, always something going on. Always. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Well, through the years, you had some prophecies that were spoken over your life. Could you tell us about some of those? Yes. I The first one I remember, which is the, the, at my youngest age, I was five years old, and a prophecy was spoken over me. And it was, and the only thing that God said was, Terry, you make me laugh, hmm. and I'm going to save you one day. So that prophecy stayed with me every time. It didn't matter. But I left, you know, not going to church and everything. That pro- even when I was sitting, there, you know, drinking with my friends, and when I was in the military, I could still hear God saying, "I'm going to save you one day. I'm going to save you one day." So I was like, "Wow, man!" You know, I didn't think nothing of it until after all, you know, everything I started going through, my pro- you know, problems and everything. So you make God laugh. How is that? Uh. For some reason, I I can't sit. I can't go into a room in a meeting like now. Even at this age now, when I go to meetings, I have to do something crazy to make people laugh. <laughs> I want everybody to feel at ease. You know, my thing was trying to please everybody, trying to make people at ease and just comfortable. Don't be you know stiff necked or anything. Just relax. Yes. Well, you that's know? that's a good thing. Well. Um... How how did the military change your life? I, I know that you were deployed. Could you tell us about your deployments? And and I see that you have a military cover on the book. Yes, I've been, I went in the military August 16, 1982, right out of high school. And I wanted to, you know, I've seen the commercials on TV. And really, in my spirit, I just felt like I needed to see the world. I wanted to see the world. So my first location they sent me was in New Jersey, which was 45 minutes away from home. So I guess that was the first start of me moving around the world. Then after that, I, uh, I got married and moved to, we went to Okinawa, Japan mm-hmm. for four years. So that was a shock, leaving Philadelphia, me and my wife, she lived around the corner from me, and we both in Japan for four years. Mm. And then we went to uh, Spokane, Washington, 
We stayed there for three years, but the winters were too cold for me. I I couldn't work on aircraft no more at minus 20 degrees. Then I changed my job to be a, uh, a helicopter crew chief. So that sent me down to Florida, which we fell in love with. That's much better. We're in Florida, too, so that's much yes. better. Yes, it was 100% <laughs> better. And then I uh, got in a, a remote tour by myself. I left my family down there in Florida, and he sent me to South Korea. Mm. So that was different. I enjoyed that just to see, you know, different cultures. And that was that was great just for one year. And then I came back, stayed there a little bit back in Florida. And then I became, I got into um, foreign military sales with the U.S. government. And then that took me around the world. I was just, you know, every other month I was gone from home. I was in some, some other country, you know. And right now it's been 32 countries I've been, I've visited. Mm. you know, and just enjoy it, enjoyed it. But, you know, now I'm here in Saudi Arabia for one year. Oh, that must be different than Japan or South Korea. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> you know, when you wake up and it's already 99 degrees at, you know, 5 in the morning, what do you do? <laughs> and, oh, and the sun's not even out yet. So Yeah, you're you're in the desert. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I'm a, you know, to me, I tell everybody, I, I'm a, I have beachfront property, just no water. There you go. So did you experience uh, a lot of loneliness while you were on deployment? I often hear of soldiers who who have that struggle. Yes, you do. And then, you know, it all depends on where you're at and who you're with. You know, me, I can tell God was Mm -hmm. working on me because I just couldn't do the things that everybody else was doing around me. You know, it was always something. It's something that you can just feel in your spirit. It's like, no, I don't want to go out and drink no more. No, I don't want to go do this. I don't want to go to the club. No, I'll stay in the room and watch TV. And it was always something, you know, and you feel the loneliness, but it's like, well, at least I'm not, you know, I'm not doing nothing stupid. Right, there you go. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about your spiritual walk and, and like when you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and how that changed you. Oh, wow. It was... um and wow, I remember it's in April of '86. My uh, first daughter Tiffany was born then. But it was, you know, you're, you're you're sitting in church, and the pastor right there in Japan, he's calling up. You know, he's he's giving that okay. He's welcoming everybody, and he's okay. People that haven't been saved, this is your time. And he's talking to us and telling us why we should be saved and what God is going to do for us. And you know, it. it all these years, it was always like, oh, man, I want to do this, but I'm afraid. I'm scared. It was like I was always, somebody was always, you know, something was always coming up. And I'm like, oh, I'm scared. I don't want to do it. I don't do it. But that day, in uh, April 86, I just said, you know what? It's time to do this. So when he was talking, I just stood up and walked to the, towards the front of the church. I'm like, I'm done. I'm ready to, I'm ready to get God on my side. And yes. And I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I like this quote that you have in your book. When God calls you, he isn't playing. How have you found that to be true in your life? You know, when I know when he called me and I had a couple of prophecies, he said, you know, you look at, you hear the, the, the good stuff. You hear that God's going to do this for you. He's going to do that for you. But you're not realizing how you're going to get there. You don't realize, like, you got to prove you got to prove yourself to God, and then He's going to show you who you are. 
And that's what happened. It's like, okay, oh, man, I'm thinking, oh, he said you will be like Job and Joseph. And I'm like, wow, wow, they did get everything back. They, you know, they they had before and this and that and, and not realizing what was taken away, what had to happen prior to that. And that is what really hurt me. It's like, what? I said, oh, come on. I know, Lord, come on. You gave me this business, and now this is happening? This No, it can't be. This can't be you. But, you know, I was already told, I was prophesied to, that I was going to, you know, I'm going to go through, I'm going to go through some things, and I can't question God, and I can't tell nobody what I'm going through. Hmm. So that's the hardest thing in the world. When you can't tell nobody what you're going through, so you're, it's basically you're like in a box. And you can't say nothing. And then when people come talk to you, I had to play around, you know, act like I was not her. Everything's great. Everything, you know, the world is mine. Everything was great. But you feel like you're dying on the inside. And you can't tell nobody. And you can't even, you know, at that time, I couldn't even ask God because I was told I, the Holy Spirit said I can't question God. So I can't even ask him anything. So it's like, oh, my goodness. What do I do? So I used to just be mad. I always want, I was mad at him, but when I raised my fists and my hands, the only thing I can do is say, thank you, Father. Thank you. You know, just thank you for what you're doing, what you did. So how did you come out of that experience? How did God release you from that, not being able to talk to other people about what was going on inside you? Oh, wow. It was, uh, I think it was in 2015, uh, March, and, uh, you know, I was losing my business. I'm, I'm spending money out of my uh, government thrift savings plan. I'm spent, you know, paying the, the franchise, the, royal, the franchise company, my royalties and stuff. I still had to pay that even though I lost business. So... One day, the lady, a lady from the company called me, and I, I was like, wow, this is, this is weird. She never talked to me before. And she said, Terrence, there's a way out. I'm like, what? She said, there's a way out of the company. She said, go to this page in my contract, and it was like page 45. And it said, after 18 months, 20, you know, 24 months, before 24 months are over, you can go ahead and just sign these papers, just pick these papers and be done with the franchise. So I was like, what? I said, fax them over right now. So she faxed it over. I signed it, sent it back. And then she called me. She said, you're, you're released. But it's just the way she said it. It's, it's different. She said, you're released. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. So, but I was still being tested. And then that, that week, one week, that one weekend, that last, the second weekend of March, I, my wife and my daughter was taking my grandkids out, my grandsons out for the Saturday. And I said, Lord, I'm going to do it. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I can't do this. I can't live this life anymore. So I sat in my chair, which was weird. I, I sat in my chair. All my window blinds were up. So the sun was shining in the house on the Saturday morning, probably around 10 o'clock. And I, I just closed my eyes and said, I'm done, Father. I can't do this. Anymore. I can't do it. And then my house t- 
turned black. It was black on the inside. Hmm. And everything that was testing me and attacking me was in my house right then and there, right there. And I'm like, Lord, I'm done. But I sat down and I, I was like, Lord, if you don't do this, Father, if you're just going to take me away from here, I'm going to do it right now. I'm done. I can't do this no more. And then I sat down in the darkness and I closed my eyes and not even 30 seconds, my soul, my soul said no. And then I found myself standing up and I was declaring who God was to me, you know? And then, you know, I kept saying, you are my King of Kings. You are my Lord of Lords. You are the bright morning star. You are my everlasting father. You are my Prince of Peace. And the, the, now the darkness was still there, but when I sat down, something else, it's like the confidence rose up in me. And I stood up and I hollered, I hollered at the devil. I said, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I mean, I screamed it mm. out loud. I know the whole neighborhood had to hear that. <laughs> and it was gone. Okay, you know how it was gone. It's like turning the light on in your house. I see. Okay, that's how it was. So you really went through some spiritual oh, warfare oh, that it, day. You had to de declare who God was. Yes. Can you imagine everything in the world? You know, me, I kept saying, man, I made a mistake when I asked God to show me what was coming at me. Hmm. I, you know, I was going all over the, the uh, U.S., going to different uh, states, going to different companies trying to get business. But there was something else in that room with me and those people and those uh, CEOs. Because mm -hmm. it was like, and I'll leave. And a week later, I gave them, I said, look, sir, you signed the agreement. You got two weeks. If you don't want to do this business with me, you have two weeks to, uh, to sign it, sign the other uh, page and send it back. Well, every company, I went to 15 different states and everybody waited on it to the second week. And they, they said, it, it can't do business with me. And I'm like, what is going on? I, I didn't understand. I'm like, Lord, I can't do this. Is, this is crazy. I'm like, I'm, oh, man. But when that day, when that day I decided, okay, I can't do this no more, God. When that boldness came, oh, my God. That's right there. I mean, that was it. Nothing else. And then God told me right then and there, he said, that's what I wanted to see. That's what I wanted you to see yourself. And I'm like, wow, that is, I didn't say awesome. I said, that is crazy. <laughs> but it's like, okay, I'm done. And, and I had to, and, and you can feel the, I've seen the angels in my house. And I'm, you know, and I'm like, wow, this is great. So, and you know, they just standing there and they got these big swords hmm. just holding on to them, just standing there. They weren't looking at me, but they were just right there and watch, okay? And I said, Father, show me me. Why? And I seen myself, it was weird because when I realized that I was standing up, standing behind the chair where I was sitting, and I said, Father, show me me. So I came around the front and I sat down and I looked at myself and I said, and I'm, I closed my eyes and I said, that's right there. Why didn't I? I said, Father, why didn't I kill myself there? He said, because I know you. I know you. 
You and let just repeat that for a second. So you you're saying why didn't you kill yourself? Is that what you said? Yeah, it's like father. Why didn't I do that right then and there? And he said, because I know you. Hmm. And I'm like, wow, that's right. He knows me. So he knew how. You know, it's like he knew how far to take me to get me to see who I was in him. That was. I mean, that was crazy. That was wild. So you really saw into the into the spiritual realm that day. Oh yes, yes. That was when when I'm seeing all these demons and everything that's coming at me, and that's and then you know it's like I couldn't do anything at that time because I thought it was the test. I didn't know that I was being attacked at the same time I was being tested. Mm-hmm. But I can't. I couldn't ask God no questions. I couldn't ask any. I couldn't tell nobody. So you know. You, I'm laying there at night by my wife in bed for 18 months asking God just to take me, please take me. I don't want to wake up in the morning. I don't want to do this. And I wake up in the morning. I'm mad at him because I'm awake. I'm alive. I'm like, oh, come on. Really? This is, come on, God, please. You know, but, uh, you know, after, after I wrote the book and everything and I talked to my wife, she said, you know what? I was reluctant to tell you this. She said, but you know what? Through that time, I never knew what was going on with you. I knew something was going on. And she said, probably once a week, the Holy Spirit will wake me up and tell me to lay hands on you. Mm. The Holy Spirit speaks through your wife, too. Oh, she's a she's an intercessor, so. <laughs> <laughs> now, at, at one point, you ended up in the hospital with a heart attack. And you, you through your life, you sort yes. of felt fell from being on top of the world to feeling like you were on the bottom, wouldn't you say? Yes. Oh, man, that was, I was at the church, and uh, we were moving carpets, you know, renovating the church and everything, and then it's, you know, you start feeling this pain, and I'm like, okay, this probably, I just ate about an hour ago, it's probably just indigestion. And no, it got stronger and stronger, and I told my wife, I said, look, I, Take me to the store. It was about 10 minutes away. I said, take me to the store so you can get me a bottle of water and some Tums. And when she went into the store and I was in the car, it just, it, it felt like she was in there 15, 20 minutes. I couldn't sit. It, the pain was getting stronger and stronger, and I couldn't sit. So I walked, I was standing outside the car, walking around the, I mean, walking around the vehicle, hmm. just walking. And she came outside and was like, what is wrong with you? I said, I think I'm having a heart attack. I said, we're right down the street, right down the road from Sacred Heart. Please take me there. And I said, don't stop. I said, if there's cops behind you, keep on going. Mm-hmm. Keep on going until you get to the emergency. <laughs> so she got me to emergency, and I got out the car. She went to park it, and I walked in, and they said, sir, can we help you? I said, my chest hurts. So they wouldn't grab me, put these gowns and stuff on me. They plugged me up, and then they kept hollering out systemic, systemic. And what that meant, yeah, he's having a heart attack, you know? And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. How, what is going on? I'm like, come on, Lord, this is down, down the specifical things are happening. What is going on? But I still, you know, I couldn't, I, I, I would get mad, but when I talked to him, it's like, all right, Father, wh- whatever you're going to do, I know it's got something great has got to come out of this. Something great has to come out of this. Yes. And I'm like, I am, it is not time for me to die. It is not time for me to die. I said, after all I've been through, uh-uh, 
I'm not leaving. Uh, what was the order of things here where at one point in your life you felt like you didn't want to wake up in the morning? Yes. And then you, somewhere along the line, had a heart attack where you really wanted to live. Right, right. There you go. And I'm like, oh, 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 no, no, Lord. Mm-mm. No, I'm not, I'm not dying. I said, I am not dying. I'm not giving up. You know, after that, it's like, no, I got, you told me that I got things I got to do. You told me. So I know I'm not going out. I'm not going anywhere. And everything, you know, and, and even the doctors, they're like, wow, man, this guy is, who is he, you know, who is he talking to? <laughs> like, I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's not my time yet. Mm-mm. But I tell mm-hmm. you, oh, that's, that's all of that experience. It, it taught me so much. And especially being here, it's different. You know, the prophecy I got when I was coming here it was totally like, wow, I did not expect that. Cause, you know, I've Meaning been here. in the Middle East, where you are right now. Yeah, because I've been here about seven times already. That it was only for maybe six weeks at a time, you know. And then you get a prophecy saying that God's going to take you away from your wife for a little bit. But there's, it's, 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 you're going to be, you're going to minister and you're going to do a lot of things while you're there. You know, and I signed up for here for one year. So I'm like, all right, Lord. What are we going to do? Because I'm in the Middle East, and nobody has been in this country yet. You know, so I'm like, okay, so I'm stepping foot in this country, and you want me to, I'm like, okay, you know, okay, I, I know you got my back, but I'm not going to be afraid. I am not going to be afraid, you know? And then I had a prophecy prior to the week before I came here that you're going to meet up with someone, and you too, this person's going to take you these underground Christian churches hmm. so you can get them you know so you can witness to these people and get them saved so I was like alright Lord so different people I've run into I'm like is that him is that her is that him and you know I'm just waiting you know now I'm just waiting and praying that I'm getting a lot of visions of a lot of things hmm. well it sounds like you learned a lot through the years about yes. being in the spiritual realm and um, how atmospheres can change and so forth. So yes. you had uh, a deepening relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now you talk about having an addiction. What kind of addiction is that you talk about at the end of the book? It's, it's God. Hmm. That's all I can say. It's God. It's God. Addicted to God. Yeah. Well, there's a good thing. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> Well, Terrence, this book is called Who Hears Me When I Cry? And obviously God has heard yes. you so many times throughout your life, yes. and and you've developed a really strong relationship with him through the Holy Spirit. You've learned how to declare the goodness of the Lord, even in the face of the demonic right. uh, that's, that's tried to tempt you and take you down. Yes. So um, how would you encourage other people who— perhaps are in the military or um, who are dealing with some of the same things that you had dealt with? It, you know, you, you got, you got to get to know God. You have to, because you know, I'm hearing, I hear so about so many of my brothers and sisters in the military that are killing themselves. And I'm like, no, I said, no, God has a plan for their life. You know, he has a plan for their life. God has a plan for your life, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Amen. And to and to take yourself out is not it's not good. That is not his plan. That is not his plan. So it's mm-hmm. I want them to hear this and read the book so they'll know that God has a plan for my life. He does love me. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. You know? Absolutely. Well, how can people learn more about this book and about you, Terrence? Oh, man. They are, I said, all Amazon, Books a Million, uh, is like seven or eight different uh, websites. You can, uh, the book websites, e-books you can go to. Uh, you can order it. Any bookstore, yes. any online site, right? Yes, and mm-hmm. Amazon. That, that yes. sells books, yep. Yes, and I'll tell okay. you. Okay. That's excellent. I, my thing is, I want people to know that God loves them, and He He'll never leave them or forsake them. No matter what you go through, He's mm. there. He's right by you. He's right there. You know, I, and I, I want them to hear that and feel it, and just know, okay, I don't have to do this. I don't have to end my life and leave my family. I can do this. Mm-hmm. God is with me. God is with me. Yes. Well, Terrence, I wonder if you would mind praying for our listeners. Perhaps some of them are in similar circumstances as you were. Okay. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, you see my family. They're on this line. They're listening in. All my friends, brothers and sisters, Father, and I pray, I declare and decree right now, God, that you're there with them. I declare and decree that you you minister into their souls, their minds, their bodies, Father, that you pull them in right now in the name of Jesus. And, Father, they don't have to end it. They're going to know you. They're going to love you. They're going to be with you, Father. And and right now, Father, they know that you will never leave them or forsake them. They know that you love them, God. And I just pray for them right now, God. And I pray for their happiness. I declare and decree that every blessing, everything that if your grace, your power, your love infiltrates their hearts right now, God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. And we agree with that prayer. Thank you so much, Terrence, for joining us today all the way from the Middle East. Yes. We appreciate it. No problem. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> All right. Amen. Well, I'm Chris Johnson. Thanks for joining us today for our visit with Terrence Turner. His book, once again, is called Who Hears Me When I Cry. That's here on Charisma Connection. And if you'd like to learn more about our other shows, check out cpnshows.com, cpnshows.com. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.